I think it's a big head. It's the shape of a pig, and just hard looks. It's just, it's just a menace, and it's just, it just wants the attack. And once it gets focused on your fly, the the very early gets spooked. Then, right? It takes, it takes a lot to spook them. Hello and welcome to the Ireland on the Fly podcast about the people and places of fly fishing in Ireland. If you're lucky enough to be heading out during the last 12 days of fly fishing in October on Koran, Enel, Lean, Ul or Sheelan, tight lines to you and don't forget to listen back to our recent episode with Dennis Goulding who has some great advice for fishing the Midland Lakes at this time of year. But for those of us forced to hang up the trout and salmon rods, you may be thinking of some pike on the fly action instead to keep you from the DTs. And so for this week's episode, we speak to pike on the fly guide Stuart Wiley to find out more and to help get you started as you head into the winter period. But first, Tom, what's your fishing plans for the, the last 12 fly fishing days of October? Come on, Tara. Um, well, I will get out, Tara, thankfully. Um, there's uh, an event coming up in Loch Lean on Sunday. Hopefully I get to fish that. I remember the... Uh, the club there and there's the pairs competition so that's on on Sunday hopefully I'll get up to that and there's a couple of lakes back in Connemara that there's one in particular that I'm going to fish with Jack and Coyne next week before it finishes on the 12th and I might get one other day so uh, three days left for the last 12 days um, what about you? Do you we were thinking of we're well, kind of hoping yeah. of getting a day yeah yeah, because I know I normally do try and get out to Quran. Um, I have done kind of a few times, but uh, yeah, just didn't time, didn't time right. That's the Rugby World Cup. I'm, psh, thank, yeah, yeah. Thank God it's only every four years. Uh, yeah. but uh, they better win it now at this stage. <laughs> well, at this stage now, I mean they've 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 ruined our day out of Quran because we had actually hoped to to go to Quran. Yeah, the two of us to get one of our our days. Just our planned days on our another fly. They just you know they materialize. Rarely, that's the best way of putting it. Just yeah. don't plan it anymore. I think it's the yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'll see you when I see you. <laughs> yeah, it'd be sort of that, but it's going to be next year anyway. So you won't get any trout fishing. So after chatting to Stuart, what do you think? Will you? Ah, uh, yeah, I know. I would always try. Um, locally, a few of the rivers here. Um, yeah, I will definitely. Um, out with the pike rods, and I normally. We'll try and get out for a bit of guided um pike fishing over the winter November. This I I love doing it um over the Christmas holiday. Right, it's kind of yeah, my yeah. treat to myself to get out and just have a day out in the water. And um yeah, I think sure it's my birthday in November, so I think I'll treat myself as well. So it's kind of and and you were actually if you listen during the podcast, I was giving hints what he wants for Christmas as well. <laughs> so <laughs> this yeah this this list will be piling up yeah. I'm kind of one of these, you know, jack of all trades, master of none. And I find yeah. when you're doing kind of certain types of, you know, like you might be into a bit of salt water, you know, that you go, mm. right, I'll, I'll, you know, you find different things that you get into. Oh, I'll do pike over the winter. Oh, geez, I, you know, I could get something here. Oh, salmon <laughs> rod. You know, you, it's a great excuse to pick up loads of different kit. Like, so it's, uh, that's one of the nice things about it. So Stuart gave me a few ideas about maybe something. Like <laughs> You'll hear them later on. Yeah, but I have to yeah. say, fair play to Stuart. Like he's the, as far as he knows, he's the only um, pike fly fishing guy, specifically pike fly fishing yeah, guy, solely, solely, fishing, yeah, yeah, on the island of Ireland. So, and he did kind of get me thinking, like in terms of, you know, you just got to keep at it, like because, like I said, I, I I would go out with the lure rod first, you know, because you're kind of mm-hmm. thinking, depending on the weather, look, it's easier to do, and like he does say it, like he says, yeah, a lot of the times the lure lot, the lure rods will outfish it, but. 
it's just comes down to, isn't it? It's just you know, it's just the niceties of fly fishing, like. and uh, and also where we touched on it as well. It's the take. Yes, it is the take. You know, and that's 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 what floats our boat, I suppose. Yes. That's that's the whole thing. But the fly Ireland on the fly, I suppose. You know, and that's yeah. why we like fly fishing. It is exactly it's the take. It you is, know, you yeah. can't. You know, you compare a take. You know, on to a lure rod, it's grand and everything. But a take on a fly rod is just something else. Yeah, and if you have a double figure pike coming mm. out of the depths out of nowhere, yeah, and he attacks that fly, it's uh, spoiler yeah. alert! Spoiler alert! <laughs> <laughs> it's something else. But look, why don't we get into uh, yeah. this week's episode? Um, and Stuart Wiley to learn more about fly fishing for pike, and also don't forget to listen out for the Fulling Mill competition as well, which will be later in the show. And I first asked Stuart for an update on his recent pike fly fishing. It's just really starting to kick in now. I had started, I'd done my first days, first days getting early September, but there was a heat wave. So I had to stop again because the water temperature is just, it's just a bit too warm. And I just thought it was, it was only right to stop actually. So it's really only starting to kick off now, now again. So I'm out all next week and, and that's me just right through now. So. And is it is it a case of yeah when the trout and salmon season ends that's when the kind of the, the fly anglers then start picking the phone up to you and saying right Stuart I want to want to pike in the fly action yeah yeah that's when I would get I uh, was most most interest when when the rivers actually just all start to close and they all shut at different times obviously so so you get a fur a fur stream um starting to come through now um but yet I say and I've, I've have always said this that there's there's a lot of, of trout and salmon men. Just that's it. That's them done until March or or whatever it is. It's I just can't get my head around it. Am I right? Thinking you're the only pike, only pike on the fly specific um, guide on the island of Ireland. As far as I'm aware, hmm. I'm the only guide. I'm as totally dedicated to uh, fly fishing for pike, and that's that in itself is crazy. If, if you look at the pike waters, that's unbelievable. Tell us, though, kind of how that you came to that destination, shall we say. Maybe give us a bit of a pot of background in terms of the journey to that end. I think with most um, fly anglers, certainly like a vast majority, I started with um, rainbow trout fly fishing, but I had always pike fished with, uh, with dead baits. So then I was drawn back to the pike, and, I, and then I just decided I'll give... I give the peg a go on the fly. And for the first, I always remember, it must have been for the first four months, I didn't have a pool, a take or anything. And I went, my God, what am I doing? But but that was that was over 20, 23 years ago, 24 years ago. So there was no like YouTube to help me or 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 anything like that. Come on, Stuart. Great to talk to you. But listen, looking back there, when you did start, let's say over 20 years ago. Why did it take so long? Were you were you going about it the wrong way? Had you the wrong terminal tackle? Had you like why why did it take you so long? Without the help of YouTube as well, of course. Totally the wrong tackle and and the yeah. wrong like, mindset too. I I just thought I was going into casting small like trade flies again and stuff, using the wrong flies in the wrong situations at the wrong time and stuff like and and obviously the. Um, the materials for the flies and stuff were were horrendous back then. Um, yeah, but just generally everything, everything that that you could do wrong, I did <laughs> wrong. 
<laughs> and, and actually stopped for, for a few months. Yeah, you ticked every box and how not to do it. I not to do it. I not to do it. <laughs> I'll have a cheek to preach to people now. <laughs> but even back then, I'm thinking as well, I mean, there, you, you had to have been very limited on, first of all, commercial pie flies that were for sale and also the materials. Yeah, extremely, extremely limited. Um, you had a choice of, what I'd say, half a dozen flies, which, and, and I always remember way back then that, most of the pike flies had the weed guards on them, which was just a bit of like hard mono around them. I don't yeah, know why they Yeah, that's where like there's a bit of hard mono from the eye. Yeah, the point of the hook. Yeah, the whole idea yeah. is that it stops weed getting caught. You can fish it. Yeah, yeah, you can fish it through weeds. Well, that's okay if you're fishing like through weeds, but if you're not, it's not great. And it's and if it's tied wrong, it can actually be hard to hook into a fish then because it's too tight. Right. So, yeah. so you don't get set in the hook properly, too. But but yeah, at the start, if anything that you could do wrong, I was doing it wrong. My, and my leader was too long and too light. My, right. my wire traces weren't up to scratch or anything like that. So, and as a matter of interest, what weight rod did you use? What was the AFT? Then, then I was using a um, 7 8 weight, right. which, is, which is undergunned. And it was obviously, it was a far, far too soft. As, yeah. I think I think way back then that that they went through road manufacturers went through uh, having like five to six weight, six to seven weight, and yeah. stuff, stuff like that. So the feels like that, and and uh, well, that's what I was using a seventy eight weight. And come here, then I suppose then you probably do remember the Eureka moment when it all yes. came together. Yeah, I do, I do. Yeah. And it's, had you had you changed things much at that stage? Yeah, I had. I had. Yeah. I went out and bought um, a 10 wheel um, on a fly line. Uh, it was an intermediate, a clear intermediate, but it was horrible. It was like a washing line. It was brutal. Um, but then I got done the job then. And, but but the real moment was maybe it was, it was a fair bit after that had I'm initially started. I bought a flow tube and that was it. That was it. That's that's when it happened. So, so maybe just take us through, sure, just in case some people are wondering what is a flow tube, and tell us the benefits and why it's so good. Yeah, a flow tube is like an armchair, an inflatable armchair that you can go. You can, and the benefits are you get access to lakes that are totally. The the access is just like non-existence, whether that's reed fringed or. Or and, and what I found actually was access from um, the, um, the landowners. If if you actually showed them, like I'm just going down to fly face, this is all I have. I don't want access onto the banks or, or anything like that. And and they were always always very obliging. So you had access to waters that hadn't even um, seen a fly, which was outstanding. Outstanding. So, would you recommend it? Because it's one of those things I'm fascinated by, and I've always looked at it going, "I'd love to try that." Is have, this... have you not done it, Tara? No, no. It's I'd love to do it. Like brilliant, Stuart. It's absolutely. It's a, it's a it, great it's feeling brilliant. fishing from it. Yeah, yeah. It's it is great. It is really really good because it's just you're that low down. Um, you're it's just you're just like sitting on the water, and. And the takes seem, I always think that the takes seem a bit better on the flow tube. I don't know where, if it's just that, like, sort of direct contact with the lines that straight, when you, when you get, like, just 
huge explosion of like takes. It's 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 really really good. It's a little bit hard to get used to when you're trying to paddle with your feet and your legs on cast at the same time. You're a bit all over, but it doesn't take long to get into the this first, kind of thing. The first time I went out in one, Stuart, I didn't know how to turn. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just kept, and there was about three or four people looking at me. Roy Pierce and a father, a couple others at the launch. We had a launch in his jetty, and I kept going out right. Yeah. And then I realized I couldn't turn around and get back to them. <laughs> I just kept going out and out. And I remember shouting them, "I don't want to be moving further away from you." And then, then I realized, yeah, I just started kicking with one foot, and then, yeah, but you get it quick enough. But initially, yeah, you do. I think at the start that I couldn't stop turning. I was going out in circles. <laughs> but they always say, if if you go out one, always try and launch into the wind, which means on your on your way homeward again, or else on your way inward again, that the wind's blowing you in. So, yeah. so, so you always try and do that. Actually, th that makes a lot of sense, doesn't it, really? Because, you know, if you get a bit tired near the end yeah, yeah. of the session or whatever, at least you just have a nice gentle paddle in rather than trying to go upwind against it. Yeah, it against it. That's, yeah. that's exactly right. And it mm. opens up it opens up so many waters. In fact, mm. there's probably waters that I should need to have been on. I was on the float tube. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, um, Tom, did you, do it on, did you do it on Carl, Tom? I've done it on Carl, but you don't really need to do it on Carl. But I did it on, um, uh, I've done it up in Scotland on a couple of small lakes. It was there, and I've done it on a couple of small lakes here. I did one back in Connemara once, and and it was in a really remote part of Connemara. And a guy came down and he looked at me and he says, "As long as I've been here, I never saw anything like that to watch." <laughs> and he let me go out <laughs> in the lake, and it, it it worked. Yeah, so it it's like what you say, Stuart. It, it's it's accessibility. You know, there's no real need for let's say having one on Carob. Where you can get into most places by a boat. That's right. Okay. That's there right. might be a couple of places you'd know, Stuart, on a bigger lake that could get you in, in a shallower spot. Yeah. But generally That's... you're covered by a boat. But it, what you said there, and, and it's very true what you said as well, Stuart. It's the and there's so many of them all over Ireland, reed fringed lakes. Yeah. That's you know that that's what you want. That's yeah. it's ideal for that. And and it's it's untouched face. And and as everyone knows. Pig thrive on neglect, so mm. you're getting a better stamp of fish, better quality of fish, heavier, mm. heavier fish, and just you could honestly, if the pig are on that day and you found a lake that hadn't been fished, you you, you could be talking like like thirty odd fish in a mm. day. Just it's just like nonstop without labouring the point too much because I am fascinated by the flow tubes. <laughs> Is it like a a backpack for want of a better like you know when you're getting set up when you like say you're walking to the lake or walking to your spot like is it like or do you like is it a big heavy oak how does it no if you if you have it all um set up you pump it up at your car or your or your van wherever you are and and it's got straps and yeah you're right it is like a backpack it, really? it has straps underneath the seat of it so you put the straps around your shoulders carry your rod and whatever else you need and just away you go that's that, and that's the beauty about them. There's no like launch of the slipways for a boat or, or anything like that. Yeah. You walk across a few fields and that's you on the lake and that's you fishing. As well, and I found out quick enough, it's as well to pump it at your car or whatever because it's the same weight. Yeah, Yeah, it doesn't matter. You know, pump it. If you, I, I had a little electric off the cigarette lighter. Yeah, then you the just car. plug it to your cigarette lighter and it pumps it up. But I remember first thinking, no, no, it'd probably be easier to do at the lake. But no, it weighs the exact same. <laughs> pump as it does on pump. 
<laughs> yeah. I didn't think about that, but you're right, Paul. <laughs> are they are they expensive? They are now. But how much are they now actually? Like, sure. Any recommended like what would you be looking you at? Can get one. There's a Savage Gear one which is, is totally rock solid. Um it's it's called a high rider. Uh but that's I think it's around about four and a half hundred or five hundred, which now the first one I bought, I think it was ninety nine pounds. But the difference is now you're sitting up out of the water. So it would be, suppose halfway down your shins now is the only part that's in water where, as when I first started, you're right up to your belly in water. And in the winter, it's, it's not really nice after after an hour or two. No, the reason why I'm asking is I'm just thinking Christmas present list, you know. That's, that's... <laughs> <laughs> Savage gear, okay. I'll take a note of that one. Thank you very much. Savage gear. I, I think it's a 170 high rider, that's called. Mm. Now, and, and the other thing, that, that Savage gear would be heavier than the older tubes. That's it's a lot heavier actually. Um but it's built it's built far, far better. And it's like too solid. And again actually, you know, we talk about pike on the fly being rare enough, but like I've never met a flow tuber when out and about like again it's a very rare thing you'd see, is it like yeah, that's correct. I done it I must have done it for years and years and before I found another one. And nice. I was on a small lake actually and and there was two fellas who was um, float tubing, and uh, and they were the first. Obviously, uh, obviously, they were the first in years that I had seen. So, and it still is. It's not. It's not everyone's cup of tea. No, because they think it's they think it's very unsafe. Where a float tube is probably safer than being in a boat, because it takes a hell of a lot for you like to flip out of a float tube. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. So tell us, Stuart, um, back to the fishing side of it. Um, in terms of, you know, people are, you know, looking at maybe thinking, getting into it, is, is this the kind of good time, a good time of year, like the kind of autumn period coming into the winter for people to try and start target the pike? It is, yeah. The uh, the beauty about uh, this time of year, we've had a hot summer, or, or a hotty summer, and the water's just starting to cool now, the temperature's coming down, the air, the air temperature's coming down, but it's not extremely cold, so... You can still fish in the and the sort of like sort of fly water if you want uh, for a better word, where it's where it's 10, 12, 13, 14 feet, which is which is still okay. It's still um and it's manageable, and and you're still fishing in bays at this time of year too, which which will hold pike rather than the deep water, which which comes like later on, um in winter when when the water temperature uh, starts to drop then. And are you floating line, intermediate? What are you looking at? I would now. I would. I would go with a die three. So that's a sink three, um, three inches per second. Now that's. Oh, I would probably use that line, eighty percent of my fishing. Okay. Because it's just it's just so um, handy and versatile. You can you can use it for for all sorts of situations. And and I must say now that that all my fishing is done from a drifting boat. That's I would I would never haven't. I haven't fished from the bank for pegging years on years. Is that just because it just you're able to get at better waters? You you know where to target them better. Yeah, and you could you could cover obviously a lot more water on the boat. Mm. Plus, over here in Ireland, there we don't have what to have on on the mainland UK, like the drains and stuff like that. We all yes yes, there are like rivers over here, and and 
a canal maybe, but they're not they're not huge. You're not you couldn't like spend a day on them and, and walk them and stuff. And and the face that they hold are not not I'm not saying they're no not great, but it's just a, a smallish face that would that would hold and, and, and all the bank fishing because of, of the access to it. It's easy access. So, right. so that they're going to get hammered then. Yeah. What waters do you guide on? Um Lock iron, both upper I was just going to say, you, you fish both of them, yeah? I fish, yeah, I fish both of them. Um, the two in combined are something, if you take in the river section, it's, it's about 30, 30 odd miles long, so, mm. so you've got plenty to go out there now. There's a lot, a lot of water, and would you find certain times of the year you'd stick to one or the other, or can it vary? Yep, yep, definitely. At this, all from now on, right, right through the winter, and Spring and maybe after after spawning, I would be on um, the upper urn, right? And then after spring, I would switch to lower urn, simply because um, the pike the pike fishing on the upper urn there's there's a, a huge there's a, there's a large head of pike on the on the upper urn, um, and you just know where they're going to be at, at this time of year, uh, and you can target them. Um, on the lower, it's that big and that fast that um, you have a hard push to find them throughout the whole winter. It's nice. it's really that big, and it's that deep too. Um, whereas, as I say, on the on the upper, you can you can go and, and target answer so that's shallower too. So 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 you have more options actually. And with with the wind, if the wind picks up, you're you can you can always like shelter, you can always like find somewhere out of the road. Right. When you're on the fly there, let's say, what what's your optimum, roughly, the optimum depth that you want to be fishing in for your flies? It varies, Tom. It can you can you can be really surprised. It can be on the end of your drift and, and you're in four feet of water and and uh hook into a twenty pounder. Right. Or you can be over twenty two, twenty-three feet and you're still hitting fish. Obviously you have to change your fly lines um and to adjust, but so would you use like you said there the die three? Would you go to a die seven much? Yeah, I would. I would. Yeah, you do. I have a, a die five. I like using. I have a die five there, um, and that's a good line. I like using a die five, but I, I wouldn't hesitate on using a die seven. So, um, I think a whole lot of a whole lot of anglers have it in their head that I'm um, like using a die seven. It's just 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 going to sink the. Like a like a stone go right down, but that's not the case with yeah. pike flies. The amount of material, the the synthetic materials that you're using, plus the and the heavy leader, which is like thick mono. I mm. I use around about twenty five twenty five pound mono. It all it all holds um um the flies on the fly line up there. So so it's not sinking as fast as fast as what you would think. And couple as well, well, I know from trout fishing, if you are in any way a sort of a, a fast enough retrieve, then, it, you know, that slows the amount it goes down as well. It does. It does, yeah. Yeah. Plus, yeah. if it's, and then, and then the wind um, dictates too, if mm. if you're on a drift, and you know yourself, if you're on a drift and the wind starts to pick up, you, you would have to change the I-7 then, just to get yeah. down to, the, to those levels. So what you're sort of saying there, you're not completely dictated to like you don't always have to fish in six foot bays with the fly. 
or no, eight foot no. depth bays. No, you, no. You, you can be versatile and move yeah. around and fish the yeah, deeper you areas. Have to be. You have to be. Yeah. Because, um, and especially on, on the big locks, yeah, mm. you have to be versatile, you have to move. And I, I suppose a lot of times you're just like following the fish. You're just following the, um, the bait fish. So, yeah. so you have to move where they are. Also, must say that just because you're fishing over 22 feet of water, it doesn't mean to say that the fish are on the bottom. Yeah. So, no, like I've all heard about the th- um, thermocline and stuff like that. They'll sit wherever that they're, they're uh, comfortable in. So, yeah. And are you 100% fishing all the time with the fly? Like, like are you ever tempted yeah. to bring the lure out? And... Never, never. And that I goes... go on. You, you must the odd time. No, I don't. I don't. I go on. Once or twice. <laughs> my name, my name was the motherfucker. I won't tell anyone. No, <laughs> no. We promise we won't. No, never. It's too late. Thank you. Yeah. Um. No, never. And and that goes right back to the first time where where I hooked into a fish. I just that was it. You'll never. Mm. Um. And I would say as the anyone who asked me once once you hook one on the fly, it's completely different. A completely different fight. But are you saying that, like, in all conditions, there is no need for the lure? That you can, if you know what you're doing with the fly, with the lines? Yeah, all year round. Well, apart from the summer, obviously, when yeah. Yeah. it's pretty warm. Mm-hmm. You, just, you just adapt and change um, the suit, the, um, the, the weather, the, the, just the depths, um, and just and where the fish are. Well, that's it. That's fair play to, like, it's... Yeah. I suppose, it, it, like you said, it, it, once you get used to it, why you go back? Like you know what I mean? Yeah, that's the thing. yeah. Because it. it's funny. Like I, like I'll, I'll do a tiny bit of pike fishing over the over the winter, and half of me is thinking, I might just bring boat rods, bring the fly rod, maybe start with the lure rods, you know, see how I'm getting <laughs> yeah. on, and then switch over. But like that's what you're saying is, nah. If you've got only got the fly rod, you've no choice. I suppose that's it. <laughs> Stick with a fly. Now their their husband. On teen times where I have passed people sitting and they've been dead baiting in their bivvy with a fire on and the frying pan on and I'm stuck out in the, in the middle of a log in a boat, freezing cold, mm. casting a fly. And I go, why Why am I doing this for? <laughs> yeah. Smelling the sausages as yeah, they smell rafts down. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tell me this, though, sir, is are you catching like for like or are you find in certain conditions the lure will outfish the fly though? Yeah, it will do. The lure, because of they they have got so many options with a the lure. They've got real deep diving ones, lure with throttles in them. That's they've honestly a lure will will bite fish a fly. Generally, you do get the odd occasions where where a vastic lure man well well how just get on the day and well well we've got two or three and I've had maybe eleven. So, but but in general, yes, I would uh, the lures would. Outfish the fly, and speaking of then the flies itself, you like tie, tying the flies as well. So yeah, it, it gives you a chance, I suppose, maybe to kind of experiment and see what works and what doesn't. What What do you recommend, maybe for um, for people, maybe who are looking to get into it? Like, what kind of selection, like a, 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 a you know, a simple enough selection of flies should they be looking at using? Simplicity. Don't don't get bogged down with all these all these like new contraptions are coming out. So. Stick stick with a few flies that roach patterns, perch patterns, 
and small almond bait fish patterns. Start off with them and then go up on the streamers. But I'm not even talking about huge, big streamers. I'm talking about eight, eight inch or nine inch um, streamers, which, which is mainly like flash just on a mm. on a hook axle. Um, but but yeah, I would start off with um, roach, roach patterns and perch patterns could work very well. And they don't, they don't have to be big. Most of them, I have actually come back to smaller flies now. All my flies... Um, the bait fish patterns um, certainly would be five inch, um, six inch at the very most. That's interesting. Stuart, you find them every bit as successful as some of the larger patterns, yeah? Yeah, yeah. More successful because a pike, I find that a pike, even even after it's been feeding, it will it will snap more readily at a, at a smaller flagging past. And if you're not catching, Stuart, do you change the depth or do you change fly first? I change lines more often than I would change flies. Mm. Um, I've 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 done it loads, loads of times of actually just uh, switching over lines, but just keeping the same fly on. Um, just because I don't I don't feel as if I'm for I'm in the right depths, I'm in the right layers. Um, so switch your lines up more more than switch uh, your flies. Flies, um, what what uh, dictates flies as the size and the profile more than the color if they're feeding they're feeding heavily on even even like skimmers um which are like small brain and then then you want to try and imitate that so so you're maybe going to put those something on with a slim slim profile of maybe like seven inches or or, or eight inches and then on the other hand, if they're if they're feeding on on small roach, come right down to four inches, and and it would surprise you the size of the fish that you catch on a four inch fly. That's music to a lot of uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because I suppose a lot of the times maybe it might put people off is the idea of chucking out these big heavy flies, yeah. and you know, they're, they, and they're not nice to cast either. No, they're not. No, uh, no. I'm sure you've seen the um the wiggle tails and. I know, I know mm. those contraptions. I wouldn't be sold in those. Um, I think. Are you I not? People, no, no, I'm not. I'm not. I tied some the other week with with a few tails, but it was just for something, uh, for something to tie and something a bit different. Mm. I would. I'll probably use them for half an hour, and they'll never see the water again. But <laughs> it's generally the people who are trying to sell you that, and the tails would say that they work very well. <laughs> I, I'll say nothing. if you're a fly tire or want to get into fly tying then this is for you Ireland on the Fly have teamed up with Fulling Mill to give away a box of fly tying materials with free shipping to one lucky listener each week and with more than 1400 products to choose from each perfectly packed by hand their new range of fly tying materials warrants closer inspection the selection of dubbing materials is comprehensive to cover whatever you want to dress from tiny dries to saltwater streamers it's all there and some great uv mixes as well from the individually preened marabou feathers to the top secret treatment applied to their new ultra dry yarn the whole range is packed with standout new products all generously served up for your benefit in a neat array of colors and sizes from Zonkers to CDC, Bucktail to Deerbelly, they've done a fantastic job. Just be sure to check it out for yourselves. And to be in with a chance of winning the £50 worth of materials, just answer the following question. What lock system does Stuart Wiley guide on? 
Email your answer to info at rlonthefly.com and we'll announce the winner on next week's show. And congrats to Brian Paste, who is this week's winner. Brian, we'll be in touch shortly with details. Another thing, sir, do you use a fish finder much? Do you use them? Yeah. 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 All the time. All, All the, time. the time. Yeah. Yeah. Even when you're, let's say you're in a shallow bay, let's say you're in a shallow bay, you still find it advantageous, do you? Yeah, you do. You do. Yeah. Yeah, but... I would put, well, I suppose, on again, um, the fish finders have come on leaps and bounds yeah, to what yeah. they um, yeah. I would use a thing called um, side imaging a whole lot, which, mm. which, which shoots out a band uh, each side of the boat. It, it can be set from, say, say, like 50 feet each side of the boat up to, I think, 175 or 200 feet each, each side of the boat. And then it'll just, as you go along, it'll just scan the whole area that, that either side of the boat right or the left of the boat it can be very good when you come in the bay just to find where the bait fish are and at this at this point if you're in a bay and like you said tom it's not about um the depth then it's just about locating fish mm. um if you're out on um say say water of say 15 feet find a shoal this this is how a setup for it i would find a shoal but fish off the shoal, because obviously that the that a bait fish shoal is in that area. That's a safe area. So so you fish the, the whole way around them. And it could be honestly, you could be forty or fifty yards off the shoal even before you hook into a pike. Because they'll they'll obviously not sit right up against the shoal because they'll I mean the shoal will just go away then. But but the pike still know that they're there and they'll sit They'll just like set off it so, so you're fishing all around that show. That's amazing. And you'd actually uh move as much as 40 or 50 yards yeah. off them. Wow. Yeah, yeah. 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 Because yeah, I understand I I understand the premise of the, you know, naturally enough, you know, the pike isn't, you know, pike isn't going to be in the middle of the shoal of fish that you no. see. Because as you said, then it wouldn't exactly be safe for that shoal of fish. So yeah, they have to be on the periphery of it. But to be that far away. Then I suppose that makes sense, you know, because they are an ambush fish, of course, you know. That's the whole thing. It's about ambush. It's just yeah. about that explosive uh, power at the start. Um, and then that chase fish, obviously, for for a long period of time, just because mm. they can't. But, yeah, I would certainly I would certainly like, drift on through it. And often, if there's no fish showing on your fish finder, that's, that's what you would probably expect to take then, which is a bit strange, but that's what happens. Is it the Scandinavian, the Baltics... That are the leading countries in terms of that you would be looking to in terms of pike anglers to learn from. What's the who are at the cutting edge of it? Like, yeah, yeah, you're right. They they always seem to be like a step ahead with even even their lines and stuff like and their flies. But they would, I think that the that they would do a lot of uh, tinkering with with their flies, which is which is unnecessary sometimes, but. As with it all, like you get a wee bit bored just having the same old flies yeah. again. So it's always nice to experiment too, I suppose. But um, yeah, but they they were but generally the ones that you would look look to just to see the next thing happening, the next rod coming out, the next whatever it is, and um, pike fly fishing. Ever done pike fishing abroad? No, never. I'm still trying to get through Ireland, but uh, <laughs> um, I didn't that much of it. <laughs> um, half thought about going to the likes of the reservoirs and like like Chew Valley and stuff like that. I've also thought about maybe going to Sweden, but 
it's just like it's never just happened. Just um, I'm not sure about the um, the reservoir pike. Yes, yes, I know there's there there's still pike and a pike's a pike at the end of the day. But I would far rather catch a wild Irish fish than than the ones being fed through. And, and I've nothing against anyone who goes and fishes for for, for those either. I must add now. But do you know what? In fairness, I'm sure there's so many people come to Ireland, isn't it? Like you, you, so many European visitors come to Ireland for the pike fishing and the crack and just the wildness of it. Like that's that's exactly right. Ireland just it just ticks all the boxes. Yeah. When you if if you think or if you read a wild Irish law come and like fly fish for pike, that's just what you expect to see. All the locks we have the the urn, lockdar, corab. All, all sorts. That's that's what the I'm um, a travelling angler wants wants to see. Um, and we've got the fish to back it up. Yeah, that's it exactly. Um, what's your favourite time of year to fish for a pike? May. It used to be October, but with the with the change in the seasons, it's it's now May. I I I um fully booked each May because it's that good. Wow. And uh, it's just uh, there's it's just a few things that. That add up. I think. I think that the big locks are, are really just starting to come alive in May. Obviously, with Mayfly and stuff, like that, and everything's active. Mm. And you're you're also coming to um, course fish spawning then. So they they just move into bays to spawn, and then the pike just um, follow them them in, and you can have great great sport in May. But then. Why used to be October? Because I would have stopped before May. Right. <laughs> if I'm being okay. honest, if I'm being yeah. honest, I would yeah, have yeah. stopped before and before May, and I would have them and on. Obviously, I still um fly fish for trout and stuff in the rivers, and I have mm. to do just went on and switch my attentions um to the trout then. But now, when you do fish on the, it's it's incredible. The sport is incredible, and the the fish and the weight. Oh, the fish, they're, you're getting a really good quality, a really good standard of uh, pike at that time of year. It, it is really good. And it's nice fishing too because, as I say, you're fishing in bears. It could be five or six foot, and, but you're just waiting on it. It's just, it's just that good. We're actually just wondering there, where, um, where, where do your clients come from? Are they Irish? Are they from Europe? Are they from England? Over the UK, or where, or do you have a good mix? Where are they generally from? Most of them are Irish. I've I've got a few that come across from um, from England. I've had I was Russians. I've had um, I'm a few of them out before, like the was years ago. Um, okay. So they're Irish anglers who who are just um, game anglers, and they want to just come out and just to, and see what it's like. Yeah, and that that was one thing I wanted to ask you. Then are the, most of them, let's say, game anglers who want to try for pike and the fly. Or do you get the the pike anglers who let's say who were lure anglers who now want to try them on on the fly? Well, if they can fly fish, and that's 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 a thing where when I, when I started the guide that that I was a bit caught out the first the first um, few times when I was guiding because I wasn't asking them how long have you fly fish for or anything else. It's mm. just if the lure anglers coming out who couldn't really cast a half decent line. Um, and and you really have to cast well a decent a decent enough line um to be um successful, but in general, the best people, the best anglers to take out 
or um, salmon anglers because I don't expect to catch anything. <laughs> <laughs> They've been well trained in that, yeah. <laughs> Do you hear that, Tara? <laughs> that is the best line I have heard <laughs> that is, about uh, salmon that, anglers. That, that, that may be on a little roll somewhere to always play. Yeah, I, was expe- I was expecting Stuart's punchline to be like, you know, because, you know, they're so accomplished with the rods, you know, their casting <laughs> were, is so yeah. good, you know, they're just, they can get the fly out there. It's just, it's a joy to watch. No, yeah. no. Oh, no. It's just going to watch a blank. <laughs> yeah, they've had plenty of casting practice. Like, yeah. Yeah. That holds you in good stead. <laughs> yeah, Tom will remember that one now. I think that's yeah. Oh yeah, it may be quoted against you, or just maybe, <laughs> maybe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, listen, sure. Before we let you go, it's been fascinating um, getting the insights and finding out about it, um, and I admire your tenacity and belief in just going after the fly, and that's it. Like you yeah. know, and you've got me thinking now. Um, maybe I should just hang up the lure rod. But tell us this: of all the pike you've caught. What was the most memorable one that you caught on the fly? The most memorable was was on a smaller lock. Um, I was on a friend's boat and and he was on the engine, and we were just it was almost the end of the drift, and we were coming up. It was almost like an island that, that we're coming up through, but it was a and the drop off was was real um, severe, and we were in I think around about thirteen feet or fourteen feet of water, but. Right behind us, it would have been into 22 feet really, really quickly. And I always always try to tell people is to hang your fly at the end of your retrieve. That's the most important thing in fly fishing for a pike. Hang your fly at right at the end of the boat because a pike will follow, even if you don't feel a take or if you don't even suspect the pikes are, just hang it. And it's almost like teasing a cat with a bit of string, with a bit of fluff on the end of it. You're, you're just Hang the fly and a pike of I was um, seventeen and a half pound, absolutely hammered the fly right. I was clear water right at the boat and explosion and all hell broke loose after that. And I, what I done was just held the line against the rod handle. I didn't even have to strike or anything like that. It just hooked itself. And underneath the boat she went and she must have went under the boat three times had the rod almost almost right up to the handle in the water just to try to pull her out from underneath the boat and she come up in the air done um a few few uh, tail walks and then and then I got her landed and as I say like it's not the biggest fish I've ever caught but the take was unbelievable when which it snapped you get I could almost actually like feel her Snapping the fly, she had it that hard. I was that, I was that aggressive. It was a, a fantastic take. Incredible. So, it does yeah. actually make it. It sound even you telling us, relating it to us. It sounds yeah. amazing. I could, I could, I could sense the take. It sounds fantastic. And it's funny actually. I remember when I one of the first times when I was fishing, uh, fly fishing for pike. I was in the river, and you just see it come out. Of the, like just, it's like it just emerges <laughs> from the darkness, like isn't it? Like it just. That's right. It's a, yeah, it's the big. I I think it's the big head. It's the shape of a pike, and just how it looks. It's just it's just a menace, and it's just it just wants the attack, and and it just it once it gets focused on your fly, the the very early gets spooked then. 
So it takes it takes a lot to speak them. Quick question while I have you here. <laughs> so when I was out last winter, actually, I was river fishing, fly fishing for them. A lot of times what was happening was I was retrieving the fly, coming in close to the bank, and they were following it, right? Yeah. And they were then pulling away. The last, like just as it was coming right up to the bank, they were just drifting away. And the yeah. fellow I was fishing with at the time, like he'd fished a few times for him. He said, I've never seen that happen. Like, he says, normally they see it. If they think it's going to be getting away from them, they're going to attack it but this was happening it must have happened to me about half a dozen times it was driving me mad because you'd see them coming out you'd think right this is it they're coming for it they're coming for it and then they just drift away, just away the, yeah and they weren't spooked um well then it's up to you then to just do something completely different with it then just either mm. like put it away like really fast or go from a left to right action with it just just, just really like trying to annoy them. Yeah. 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 Just, just really trying to annoy them. But um, Dara, you'll get days like that. You'll get days well, they'll have you putting your heart out. They'll just follow and follow and follow. And and as you say, they don't, don't even get spooked. They'll just yeah. turn away. And that's, yeah. and that's it. It's just. Yeah, it's, it is. And, and and for people that might think, ask your pike fish and she just lash the fire, get it in front of them. Mm-hmm. And sure no. No, it's, it's not. It's. Yeah. Um, and anyone, I will say this, anyone who fishes for uh, on the rainbows, stock rainbows, they generally can make a good pike fly angler because they can vary the retrieves, like um, do the figure of eight or also um, roly-poly can be very good. Um, and the roly-poly is a, is a good way of uh, learning someone how to um, set the hook in a strip set. Or a strip, mm. strike, whatever you want to call it, yeah. because there's no pain then to lift the rod. They have to keep on um, putting the line. So that's a good that's, point. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good, good point, actually. Yeah. Uh, um, so, Stuart, look, tell us what's the contact details. Pike on the fly guy. I'm on. I'm on Facebook and have a email address. Pike on the fly guide um, at gmail.com. Also, I'm sure um, just might be going to um, the Irish Fly Fair at, at November at 18th and 19th of November. At uh, Kelly Havlin, down from Anna, I'll be there. I'll, I'll be doing a workshop there on on fly fishing for Pike for the two days. So, okay, okay. Nice. Like to come down, are, come down and see me. Are you on both days? I'm on both days. Yeah, great, yeah. excellent. So, yeah, that's only that's only five six weeks away now. Yeah, yeah, that's not long now. So, so I'll be looking forward to that. So, if people have any questions, they can um, come up to you uh, come at along, the fair. And you, yeah. And you can you can go into more uh, detail of of wire chases and and leaders and stuff like that and, and that's a visual thing too. You'll be able yeah, to yeah because we didn't even stuff. I actually meant to touch on that with you, but uh, that's yeah. There's so much we could have talked about uh, yeah, about that terminal tackle and everything. But sure, hopefully we'll have you on again and we can talk it. And between now and then, anyway, anybody who's uh, gets up to Gilly Heaven will be able to ask you face to face. No problem. Come over and have a chat. Well, great to see them. Great, so Stuart Wiley, Pike on the Fly Guide, uh, the only one, as far as we know. <laughs> the one and only. Cheers, Stuart, thanks again for your time. Thanks very much, lads. Enjoyed that. Thank you. Our thanks to Stuart Wiley for joining us on the show. Don't forget to rate, review, and follow the Ireland on the Fly podcast on Apple spotify or wherever you get your podcasts from plus you can keep up to date on ireland as well as on instagram and myself and tom will be back with another episode about the people and places of fly fishing in ireland